You are listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Hello, Spot On listeners. Boy, do I have a treat for you today. You know, Spot On, you know this is a nutrition, health, and wellness podcast. So today, I wanted to talk about financial wellness. And that's really important because I had read that over 55% of college students have stated that they have run out of money three or more times in the past three years. And not having enough money is very, very stressful. I've experienced this myself, and I don't want to go back there. So today, I have a special guest that has some inspiring financial wisdom. And this is not a professional financial advisor, but rather from a less likely source who is, well, right on the money. My guest today is NFL New England Patriots cornerback Joan Williams. And Joan was selected in the second round for the Patriots in the 2019 draft. And we all know that if you go in the first two rounds, that means you're a superstar. Joan has a fabulous story. He grew up in public housing and started saving money when he was just a little kid. And he still saves the majority of the money he makes today playing professional football. His rags to riches story will inspire you to think long term when it comes to money management. Wait until you hear this. Okay, so let's go to the street and find out how well do you think you manage your money? Probably not too well. I'm more interested in like experiences than either like, I don't know, like I feel like college is kind of the time to experiment and have fun. Do things you want to do. So I set a weekly budget reports. I cap my budget in different sections. So one section would be groceries and it has a certain amount and then transportation. Compared to a lot of my peers, I feel like I definitely spend money more cautiously. I pack a lunch every day because it's the kind of thing where this seems like a small expense, but these things add up and just a lot of little things like that. Well, I keep track of my spending through my debit card app. I'm pretty much happy as long as I save more than I spend, but I can definitely be better and buy fewer pastries and iced coffee. So today I'm so excited because I want to welcome Joan Williams to Spot On. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I mean, we appreciate you. I'll tell you why I got this man, this fabulous man on Spot On. Well, first of all, he's a New England Patriots and anybody that knows anything about New England that we're like crazy over the Patriots. It's ridiculous. We need psychological help. That's how bad we love the Patriots. But I found him and his backstory in an article that was done on him. He was the focus of the whole article on Boston.com. 
And we're going to post this. And it's the whole story of him growing up and how it shaped his financial wisdom and what he does. And boy, this story is just spot on. So, Joan, can you tell me about your, you know, financial insecurities when you were growing up? For me, it was just growing up the way I grew up. It was always me, my mom, and my brother. And, you know, we lived check to check. And my mom did everything she could for to raise us two into who we are today. But I know for me growing up that I never wanted to live like that. And I always wanted to have financial security, buy whatever I wanted from for me or my kids at the time. And I just wanted better for my family. And so growing up, I always had that. I always could see the struggles that my mom went through. So I always wanted something different. That's what's kind of started it off for me. You know, in this article, there's a story about McDonald's. I just loved this. So your mother gave you and your brother $5 each to go to McDonald's. And, and uh, can you tell everybody what you did? Yeah, my mom would always give us money. We'll go to McDonald's. She gives us like $5. My brother would spend like the whole $5. Like he, he would spend everything he had. And then really I would spend like one or $2 and then pocket the rest of the money and save it and just keep it in my under my bed at the time. So that, I mean, I started off super early as a kid. So that's pretty much that's pretty much my early saving strategy growing up. You can only imagine, I don't know how old you were, but that is, I mean, from that young age saying, you know, do I really need the big happy meal? You know, maybe the French fries will be just enough. And you pocket the money, which is just absolutely fabulous. So even at that early age, you knew you got it, that things were going to change for you when it came to money. So I read in this article that one of your football coaches of all people taught a personal finance class in your high school, and that's how you got turned on to this. Okay, tell us more about that. Uh, yeah, Coach Carson uh, at Father Ryan High School. I was, you know, blessed enough to go to a, a private school in Nashville, and um, I kind of I remember my junior year of high school. I stepped into a financial literacy class. One of my football coaches were, was the head guy over it, and I remember the first day he started talking about mutual funds. Basically, he went over the definition of a mutual fund, and then I just remember like raising my hand and basically asking so you can sit on money and just watch it grow and then he was like basically yeah and i was like okay sign me up this is where I, this is what like this is lit like as soon as after that first day i became uber interested that's what's kind of started that passion i've always been a big saver but the investment side of it i never knew anything about that and so once I started to get that education, I mean, that's when I kind of caught on and had a passion for it. Out goes the shoebox and in comes the money markets. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. In the article, it said, I had to read this twice. The article states that you invest at least 90%, 90% of the money that comes via your NFL game checks. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it was a quote. And you said this. You said this. I was hoping I... You said, I'd rather live like a prince for the rest of my life than live like a king for my NFL career. And Joanna, you got to correct me on this because I hope that this is a wrong statistic. But I read in CNN Money that about one in six, every six NFL players goes bankrupt within like four years of retirement. Oh, uh, yeah, that's very true. And I think the numbers are a little bit even uh, a little bit bigger than that over 10. But yeah, that statistic is sadly, but you know, surely right. And that's one big thing that I want to harp on. Like, I mean, not only for me, but all the guys that's in the league is to focus on also saving money because you never know when you never know when your career will be over in football. It can go out just like that. And so you always want to think about the long term 
of where you're not going to be making what's the the base salary in the NFL right now for around five hundred thousand. You're not going to be making five hundred thousand a year every year for the rest of your life because at the end of the day, you know, being in the NFL is you're not going to be there for long. Less, the NFL stands for not for long. So. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's good to know. But that's very, very true. I also read, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one, that if you might like get a great salary, just say oh, 500000 is a great salary, you know, get a contract for four years. And if you get cut after two years, you don't get the remaining two years of your contract. Is that correct? It's all based on uh, what you're guaranteed. You work that out through, I mean, your agent and your team. But you got to always know whatever number you get, say, uh, I got a four-year, $6 million contract. At the end of the day, you got to focus on what's guaranteed out that contract. It could be one million uh, guaranteed. It could be two million. A lot of people look at your contract and be like, oh, look at these numbers when first they don't take out taxes. So you take out 50 percent no matter what from taxes. So if you get a one year contract worth one million, it's really five hundred thousand. And then um, taking out taxes and agent fees and all the other fees that come with it. And so this already cut in half from there. You know, you know, people say, well, that's a lot of money. But no, that's not a lot of money if you get injured. Yep. Right? You really can't live on $500,000 for the rest of your life. So at the end of the day, you got to make smart decisions with that. If you're spending your bread a lot during playing career or during that one season or, uh, you know, very early, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to go quick. You don't know if that check is going to come the next year. You feel me? So you got to really be smart once you get your money. And is that why, Joan, why many NFL you know, retirees go bankrupt? Did they make, obviously, they must have made poor investments or no investments. There's a variety of things that goes on. You can't just pinpoint it on one thing. But I mean, from education, from a person's spending habits, some people may get caught up in the glam life. They, you know, want to be with the Joneses. I mean, like, I mean, riding nice cars and not, big cribs and spending money on friends and family and all that stuff. And it's hard for some people to say no too. you know, everybody comes out of different situations and situations, even with my situation, like I grew up in the projects my whole life until I got here. But I mean, you have to tell a lot of people no. So at the end of the day, you got to be really, you got to be really diligent. You got to be really smart. Now that you acquired a lot of things beforehand, you never had that. So now you have to be smart with that money and try to hold on to it for as long as possible. Do you call that the long game? Look at me, I'm using like football. Call it as a race. I mean, you want to race for the marathon. This game of life is a marathon. You know, it's not just this this sprint. That's the NFL, your NFL career. At the end of the day, the average NFL lifespan is two to three years. So at the end of the day, most people are not going to make that 10-year career or that, that 15-year or 20-year career as you see Tom Brady has. But at the end of the day, like the average NFL career is three years. So, I mean, that's just a short sprint of your life, but your whole life is a marathon. You wanna plan out how, how you're gonna spend your money as it's a marathon, feel me? I started this episode with a phenomenal statistic that many times college students run out of money. You know, when you say keeping up with the Joneses, you know, there's that stress, you know, like everyone's going out and spending all this money and everything. So how can they be saving money, even just a little bit, whatever, during college? So what's some advice? For college, for athletes, it would be, I understand it would be a little bit harder because, I mean, the NCAA regulates how much you get paid from from different jobs. Like I couldn't, and when I was in college, you couldn't even work a job, really. So I'll do little summer things to make money and just hold on to that. And then whenever I'll get my like cost of attendance, or anything. I mean, I gave most of it to my mom and then I pocketed a small percentage and saved a small percentage of that. But still, I mean, you just got to take advantage of everything you have from eating at the facility, trying to just, you know, save as much bread as you can as a college student. I understand that it's really, that is really hard, but you got to make some sacrifices 
in college to save money as a college student. And overall, a normal college student that's not a student athlete, I would say, I mean, from working jobs and paying off, I know that student loans is a big deal too. At the end of the day, I mean, it's always something that's going to be trying to take bread away from you. But at the end of the day, my number one thing is you got to make sacrifices. You got to figure out what can and what what can't you buy and what can't you spend on. And I mean, you just got to live within your means. You got to understand your means and uh, try to live within that. Right. And you know, a lot of time you're spending a lot of money on things that you may you not need. I also read that a lot of college students get stressed. They go shop, you know, as a mechanism that could be problematic, especially if you're on a budget. I read somewhere that there's apps or something to help you save. Uh, no doubt. In college, I started investing in a, I had I had a mutual fund app. It's called Stash. And it's, I mean, it's still going on today. I still have it, actually. I think I have around like $6,000 in there now. But I would literally put whatever I had, whatever I saved up, I'll put it in that investment app and literally just keep it there. It will grow faster than just letting it sit in the bank. So in other words, if this is the, the, the little Joanne back in McDonald's, you could have taken the three extra dollars and put it in this app called Stash. Invest it for you? Oh, uh, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, there's different mutual funds that you can pick and choose from. You just have to be, I mean, you have to do your research on it. It's very easy. It's very simple. And it, it really does a great job for beginners of making it clear and understandable and giving you and it also has like different articles on the app to show you what's happening in the world today how is this affecting your portfolio and different tips and tools of what should you be doing investment wise early on so it's very good for beginners and there's also other different apps acorns is another is another one of those apps i didn't have it but i know that that's another great app to choose from but yeah i would i would say as a college student you know you want to save as much money as you can and start investing early at the end of the day, you want to you want to try to gain that compound interest as soon as possible. Once that compound interest hits and it starts flipping, the money starts flipping over. That's when you start to make bigger dollars once you get older, that 40, 50, uh, 60 range. Well, we're going to put uh, the link to Acorn and Stash on the spot on Facebook page. I'm going to look into that. Again, you throw a couple dollars a week in there and it's going to add up. Yep. And it all it all adds up. And I feel like it's a great tool for beginners. It's very easy and it kind of gives you a, a basis and it, it, it kind of gives you instruction and shows you the ropes. It's not really complex or anything like I would say like for more advanced people like TD Ameritrade or anything like that. It's very easy. And so I would say that would be a good start for any college or any beginners that's looking into investments. Okay, I'm putting that up. I'm going to download that today. I can email you a link. Oh, could you do that? Yeah. Could you wire me the $6,000 you have saved? <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Okay, in this article, it also said that you, and I love this, you want to start a formal financial literacy program for young kids. So tell, tell me about that. It came to a realization for me for, again, I grew up in the projects of Nashville my whole life, but I was lucky enough to get into a private Catholic high school and it kind of taught me the disparity that's going on between you know, the inner city and people who can afford to live, you know, can afford to go to private schools and can afford to do different things. And I remember like going over a friend's house one day and his little brother was talking about when I learned that was uh, my junior year because I was already knowing about mutual fund stuff. And I was like, uh, I was talking about it. And he was like, yeah, uh, my mom already set me up a mutual fund account when I was eight. And so like it kind of and when I would go home and tell my mom and tell all my homies and stuff about, OK, like y'all got to save money 
and invest. You can make hella bread. You can make money, good money once you get older and just let it invest. And nobody, nobody in my neighborhood knew anything about that. They didn't have the education on that. They didn't have the right tools. I mean, even in uh, public schools, there was no requirement to graduate with financial, like with a financial literacy course at that time. Now it's been changed. There's still, I forgot the, I forgot the numbers on it. I forgot the data on it, but because I was just talking to somebody about it, I think a couple of weeks ago, there's still states that don't mandate financial literacy course in high school to graduate. We started this off talking about financial wellness and, you know, you have wellness at high school and you have wellness, you have gym, you have, you know, wellness and yeah. you're right. Why don't you have financial wellness? I mean, this makes all the sense of the world. So I love that you do that because I had read, uh, Joe Wan, that they have studies that show that students that have been exposed to kind of, you know, financial literacy type of a program, you know, have early habits of saving money. And I, I remember a quote, I'm going to paraphrase this, and that Gloria Steinem said years and years ago, and something to the tune of when people, you know, have financial education, they plan for generations. And then those that do not have financial education plan for Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing that troubles me. And it just keeps the lower, it keeps people that don't have the education for it. And it keeps the lower class in a certain cycle. Again, if you're not, if you're not investing, if you're not saving, you're literally spending your money and spending your money. There's so many other factors in society that are direct causes to this issue. But one, I mean, one is education. That education just, just to help even if you're not making that much money from certain things, just to have it in your mind of whatever little I can save, I will try to save and make that sacrifice to save and invest. I'll try to do that at the end of the day. And just having that education could help right. break that cycle. I love, Joanne, that now it's like something like this could be overwhelming to people. Like, oh, I got to read up what the money market is and who to invest. But if you have these kind of apps that you were talking about, it's not that scary. Yeah, no, it definitely helps. It, I mean, again, if you don't have that much education on it, it makes it very easy. I'll send you the okay. link to uh, the stash. But really, it, it's fairly simple. And the best thing that I like about it is it gives you tips and tools and and gives you more information on investing and on different things that's happening in the world and it makes it very easy and very simple to read it's like they make they have like a little newspaper section and they have different articles every day about what's going on in the world so it really helps out and it's, it's really a cool thing that they're doing so i mean i'm not really an advocate for i, I don't work for stash or anything like that there's probably plenty of apps but though that's the app that i used in college it was really helpful for me to just making it look easy and feel simple for me until I got comfortable doing more complex things. So yeah, no, I'll definitely say that. Yeah. You know, if you had to give one tip to students, what would you tell to them based upon your background and where you are and where you're going? One tip I can give. All right. All right. You can give three tips. You're special. Yeah. Go ahead. For me, I would say there's multiple things. I mean, my first thing would be, I mean, to save as much as you can for an emergency fund. Little by little, even if it's a few dollars a week and you want to put some money away into an account and don't touch it and try to just use it only for a rainy day, whether that's a, you know, uh, there's plenty of situations that come up for like a wreck or like, I mean, you need a, you need a lawyer or something, something little, anything that you can put in an account and just don't touch it. This is for an emergency. What if my car breaks down? What if this happens? What if this happens? You need something for an emergency fund. That's the first thing you should start off doing before you invest anything is create an emergency fund for any life situation because i mean life always throws rocks in your in your road so i mean at the end of the day 
Um, the immersive one would be the first thing. I'll say the second thing would be to live within your means. I touched on that earlier, but just everybody is different. Everybody has a different situation financially. And it's just important to understand and to focus on um, spending within your means and having reasonable limits based on how much you have and how much you make at that time period. You don't want to make minimum wage, but spend like you're making double that. You feel me? Mm -hmm. You want to always live within your means based off your financial situation. Everybody has different financial situations, but I would say try your best to live within your means and you have to make sacrifices to live with you sometimes you you gotta you can't really go out with your friends and that and go spend money at the movies when you trying to when you're trying to save some bread when that's the only thing you got for it you feel me so i mean and then um my last point would be to we, we touched on it again is just start investing as early as possible even if it's a little we talked about the stash we talked about acorns app and just invest money a little by little as much as you can as much as you can save at the end of the day, it's important to start early and get that compound interest generated as quickly as possible. So, for, yeah, again, for my third point is just start investing early as possible. I have to ask you one question. Okay, so have you made any large purchases since you become a Patriots? I bought myself with my signing bonus. I bought myself a car. Uh, I got a car. Well, you have to get to the stadium. That That's necessary. I got to get a car. I mean, but my, my big purchase will be, we're still in the process of it. But right now, my first big purchase will be to get my mom a home. We always move place to place, uh, whether that's living with my granny or living in different apartments and stuff like that. But we never had a home together. So I want to buy her a home, a nice place for her to stay. Um, my brother can be over there. My, my niece, I got, I got a niece and nephew. They have a nice place to stay, a nice neighborhood to be in. And so that's my next, not my next, but really my first big boy purchase is a home for moms. That is terrific. Can I, you know, be a mom for you maybe in the future? Oh, no, I have my own sons. And let me tell you something. I'm going to go and call them now after I do this episode with them and say, let me tell you about this nice man and what he's doing with his mother. Okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to rub that right in there. But, sir, <laughs> sir I just want to tell you, Joe, Joe Juan Williams, you are just an inspiration. And I hope that you outlast Tom Brady in your football career. So how does that sound? Man, Tom, that's my dog, man. He, I, I love him to death. Hopefully I do get 20 years in, you know. I got a funny feeling you are. All right, sir. Thank you, Joanne Williams. Thank you so much for being on Spot On. Thank you. I appreciate you. Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in Nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. Thank you for listening to Spot On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This way you'll get every new episode every week. And by the way, leave us a nice review. And can you also like us on our Spot On Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes? Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joan Salji Blake. And oh, by the way, can you send this episode to five of your friends? Do I ask a lot of you?